0: Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show.
1: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel?
0: What is shaking? Shaking! Shaking
1: like a my picture! Sports are kind of on the back burner this summer. I mean, I watched no. a little bit of... I watched UK baseball. That was fun to watch.
0: Sports um, are not on the back burner for summer. What's going on? Cycling. Oh. Uh, yeah. Cycling is off is the it hook. Like professional cycling? F1. Yeah, well, yeah. All of the good, <laughs> popular, worldwide sports happen in the summer. It's yeah, only well, the this silly American a, sports that happen in the winter. This is a total
1: flip on uh, our normal sports talk, because you know everything about these. and I Yeah. Mean, so know it is nothing.
0: the middle of June. This episode will air, what? pretty soon uh in two weeks
1: yeah two three so weeks.
0: this episode will air on the cusp of the beginning of tour de france which is oh, yeah. 21 days of cycling in july so get ready <sighs> it's riveting <laughs> jonas Vinegard is going for a repeat of last year's um win okay up against Tade pagacha uh who was a previous winner what countries? What countries are like they what are they from? Because aren't they, well, they race teams. on teams, right? Yeah, they race on teams and the teams are from a country, but the uh rider's not necessarily from that country that the uh, team is from. Okay. If that makes so sense. So like
1: Tour de France, are they cheering for a team or are you're, you cheering you're for cheering a person? Cheering for a team or a rider, yeah. Okay, okay.
0: So okay, so this is really important. Remember uh Drive to Survive? On Netflix.
1: Yes. Got everybody
0: excited about F1. The producers of that created a Tour de France documentary about last year's tour. Oh. So if you want to learn all of this, go watch eight episodes of uh, TDF Unchained, Tour de France Unchained, Mm -hmm. on Netflix. And then we can talk more.
1: No, I'm good.
0: Very neat. That way I don't have to explain all of the nuances to you. And
1: F1 season's currently going on right now, too? It
0: is currently going on. Uh, Thus far, I don't think this will spoil it for anybody, but thus far, it's been pretty boring. Yeah. Um, Aren't they doing one in Vegas this year? Yes. Okay. This year? Yeah. This year. Yeah. In the fall, which is where I used to live. So that would be pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. That is really
0: cool. And they're doing it like on the strip and everything. They will go down the strip, which would be pretty, pretty wild. That is wild. So, yeah. So all the good sports happen in the summer. I guess some Americans would say baseball.
1: Yeah. I mean, baseball. I, we went to almost year-round, We went it? to a Reds game. Um, the Reds have actually been decent this year. Cincinnati Reds, closest team to us. That's kind of who we cheer for. Relatively. And they're
0: basically across the yeah, border. Yeah,
1: they're extremely close. They're you like, could
0: see them from Kentucky. <laughs>
1: yeah, they're basically a Kentucky team. We claim them. Um, especially the years they're doing okay, which they are. I, they just, as of recording this, and I could say this, and the Reds could do the Reds thing, and they could lose the next 10 games straight before this episode comes out. But they've won five straight as of today, so... That's pretty cool. Is
0: that impressive, though? How many games are in a baseball season? Oh, my gosh, like over 100. Okay. But for the
1: Reds, it's, that's pretty good. For the Reds, that's really good.
0: Having been a fantasy football owner, it feels like winning five games in football is a lot more impressive than winning five games I mean, games yeah,
1: because you only have baseball. 17 games in a season. Exactly. But for the Reds, Daniel, you have to understand, we're talking about the Reds here.
0: Yeah, okay. It'd Moving be on. like,
1: who's the worst? Not team? impressed. Who's the worst team in the NFL? Let's say the Jets before Aaron Rodgers
0: last year. If
1: they won, like, four games straight, everybody would be going nuts.
0: Okay. Well, enough of the coffee talk.
1: All right. Let's get to our question today from John. John, what do you got?
2: DIY! DIY Money Bros. This is John in San Diego. I'm a relatively new business owner. We just had our two-year anniversary, and my business partner and I are in the process of setting up a 401k plan for the first time. We obviously want to keep our costs low for the company and also provide a solid lineup of low cost investment options. In shopping around, it's been kind of interesting seeing how many 401k providers have terribly high fees. And so we've been doing quite a bit of research. One option we came across is a type of small business 401k plan that I wasn't even aware of, the pooled employer plan or PEP. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on these types of 401k plans for small businesses as they seem to be relatively new, and there's not all that much information out there. Fidelity has one with low fees and a short list of index funds that seems to cover the basis for the most part. The idea of a a PEP seems like a great way to simplify the 401k process and reduce costs and complexity for small businesses, but I'm wondering if there are any downsides. Uh, Thanks, guys. And by the way, you now have your bro talk at a Goldilocks level.
1: Hopefully... Our bro talk today was Goldilocks level. It might have been a little bit past Goldilocks. It might have been Big Bear, but...
0: Rebranded to Coffee Talk. Dang. Coffee Talk. Goldilocks, so that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, we we're right. We have, like, the perfect blend of the Coffee Talk.
0: Cool. You know? I'm drinking a single origin, by the way, not a blend. I'm drinking... So this Coffee Talk. Um, yeah, so this is an interesting question. Um, 401k, the PEP... Put a lot of pep in your retirement savings. That's how they should brand that. You're on a roll. It's the coffee. You should try it someday.
2: (laughs) Put that coffee down.
0: So what this is, the SECURE Act uh, changed sort of retirement saving to try to allow small employers to pool together. Not kind of literally what it does is it pools small employers together under a plan that allows the administration to be spread out across Uh, all of them basically so they kind of group together to create a plan with a a company and then that company basically um, splits out all of those costs the alternative is if you wanted to open a 401k as a small employer you'd go to a like a 401k provider like a vanguard or something like that they usually have a branch that is sort of a subsidiary company or a partnership company that can help you open the 401k and administer all of that and then it's uh, custodied or housed at you know the name brand sort of um, investment company however with that there are you know some decent costs and it's not there was like this tone with the cost like oh my gosh these are extraordinary costs administering a retirement plan is not a simple feat Yeah, uh, so a lot of these costs are for the labor labor and all of the form filing and all that that has to be done to comply with the uh well we can we can make jokes about the tax code cuz Allie's not on this episode <laughs> our c resident cpa but the tax code is pretty complex yeah and the retirement savings code and the dol department of labor and erisa and all of these acronyms that the government likes to throw out make things incredibly complicated so it's not just like open accounts uh fill out a spreadsheet that says how much to contribute for everybody into their you know accounts for this pay period and then you're done uh, there's a lot of nuances that go into these plans to make sure that they abide by all of the various laws uh, that have to take place, uh, which which is great. It protects employers. It protects employees, things like that. If you wanted to do something really simple and you are a small business and you don't need a lot of customization, there is a thing called the Simple IRA. Right. Uh, which we do at Jewel. Jewel is our sponsor. Uh, so we do that for small businesses and employers and things like that. Uh, you have to have, you know, just a small business to offer that, and you don't have a lot of customization as far as uh, the percentages that you can um, contribute, uh, as far as matching and things like that for people. And the um, the contribution are the contribution um, limits limits are uh, different from things like four hundred one ks and stuff like that. So keep that in mind. But you might research that if you're listening and you have kind of a smaller business. Usually when we work with people, we're looking at uh, folks that utilize that. Generally speaking, I would say have under 25 mm-hmm. people on staff. Yeah, At some point when you get kind of over that 15, 20, 25, it starts to become a little bit more burdensome or you want some other customization. Uh, you can actually use it for more than that uh, employee size wise. But usually at that limit, it's kind of where people start to look for some other options. So that's one option. Um, what are the downsides of doing this pooled 401k thing uh, is actually pretty similar to the simple IRA. So if you're pooling with other people and there's kind of one administrator and the plan's kind of pooled together and administrated together, you can't customize it for your business. Right. So let's say you wanted, as an owner, a certain profit-sharing component, you wanted to max it out in a lot of ways, make it really advantageous. Let's say you have uh, one highly... Let's say you're in a service business, right? Or something like that. So you have one pretty highly compensated owner or maybe a couple partners that are really highly compensated, say like a law firm or a medical office, some other service business like that. And then you have, say, support staff. And so there's sort of a difference in compensation and ownership and the amount that you want to put away. Now you're getting into things like profit sharing and other elements that need to be set up. If you're doing that, then um, you need to look at some plan customization and a pooled vehicle probably wouldn't work. work. You're going to have to have some plan designing that's customized to your business, things like that, which means uh, you're going to have to work with an administrator one-on-one. And you're going to have to pay some fees because on the back end, you're then able to save a lot, have some strategic tax deductions, things like that. So if you're a small business owner and you're running through all of these various questions on how to set up a plan. One, your financial life is probably complicated enough that you might actually need a financial plan for yourself. Two, that financial planner should assist in helping you talk to um, administrators and plan designers and stuff like that to set up a plan for your workplace. So one of the things that we often talk about when you do financial planning, it's like, oh, that's perfect for me. I figure out you know, my retirement analysis. I figure out my tax situation, stuff like that. But if you're a small business owner, your financial planner should be helping you figure out what's also best for like how to make the business work for you as a business owner, an individual. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just keep that in mind. Like holistic financial planning, that's part of what it does is go, okay, you have this asset. The asset is your business. How do we make that work in your plan? well that asset that's a business might need to have you know a retirement plan that looks like this and here's the option and here's the various ways that that could work for you
1: yeah cuz there's a lot of different avenues to go um, thinking about this question and thinking about John saying that is pretty fresh business if it's just you and a partner or you and a spouse that are starting a business and you're kind of the only employees what comes to mind initially is uh, a SEP IRA So if it's just the two of you, a SEP IRA, a Simplified Employee Pension, it's not really a pension. It works similar to kind of a a simple IRA or a 401k plan, but it's a very, very simplified version of a 401k. And it really works best for kind of two individuals, a partnership or... um, spouse partnership that is starting a business. And those are the only employees because that is an avenue to max out. And they have higher contribution limits than a simple IRA. So you can put quite a bit of money into a SEP. So when we work with clients, we do a lot of SEP IRAs. The second thing, like Daniel mentioned, simple IRAs. So if you do have some employees, but you're not a bigger business, you're not not one of those massive businesses, um, like you talked about, 25, 30, up to 100 or more people in your business, then maybe a simple IRA is the way to go. Um, You can provide matching. It can be an incentive for your employees. And you can go in there and max out yours. I think the limits are about 13,500. So less than a 401k plan, but still offers you a nice way to put some money into retirement. Then above that, then you're talking about 401ks, potentially the pooled if you're comfortable with some of the downsides or um, even more on a 401k plan. Now, the Secure Act 2.0 that just came out at the end of last year added some more tax benefits that are some tax deductible things and credits um, that have come out for doing those type of plans, but you really need to talk with someone and do some in-depth analysis of your business to see if that really makes the most sense, or if you should utilize, utilize a different plan like a Simple or a SEP when you're setting up a plan and trying to save for retirement. But I applaud John for trying to do that. I think more and more, whether it's employees or business owners employees especially, are going to be looking for businesses that provide some incentive for retirement. We talk to very few people nowadays that work at a company that does not provide a match or does not re- provide any type of retirement plan. And when we talk to those folks, it's sometimes, hey, have you considered looking at another job that does offer this because it's a great benefit and incentive for your employees. So I do applaud you, John, for looking into it and start down that road.
0: Bravo. Absolutely. And so I'll say something. If folks made it through our last episode um, where we talked about kind of annuities and some nuances there, we talked about the fact that you can't look at any one piece of your financial plan in isolation. Right. And so, Inherent in the question was like, okay, the fees are terrible. I will say this. Sometimes the fees are there because they're counteracting something that we're saving on the other side. Mm. So I was speaking this this week, last week, with a, a plan administrator and working through the retirement savings plan for uh, somebody that we did some planning for. Uh, is a medical professional, uh, has his own LLC, stuff like that, high earner. And we have sort of a two-layered plan approach set up. And that means that there's some significant fees, right? Because there's two plans that have to be administrated, administrated. You look at that and go, "Wow, the fees are, are, you know, that's a lot that I'm paying in in fees." And that's not to us; that's to the administrator. However. The way that it's designed and the the fact that we have two separate plans that work in conjunction with each other allows him to save the target amount that he wants to save, but reduces the amount that he has to pay in self-employment tax. And so if we look at the amount he's saving in self-employment tax, plus the amount that he's able to put away for retirement to hit his goals, uh, and what that saves him in tax on the contributions the total savings out of pocket minus the fees for the administration of the plans is still really, really, really yeah. significant. It's
1: justified for sure.
0: Yeah. So you have to look at all of those things as a holistic picture and go, okay, if I am paying the fees, what's the benefit I'm receiving for that? And sometimes paying those fees is very well worth it. So just keep that in mind.
1: All right. Uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. John, thank you for the question. Diego! John sent his question an audio file. To podcast at diymoney.org. That's podcast at diy money.org, it's at diy money.org. Um, keep sending us those questions we're doing three episodes a week as you can tell i hope people out there like that and enjoy it we've got a lot of positive feedback on that but we need questions and we need good questions um, also juniors get us some juniors that can fill up the queue because those tend to get bumped up to the top all right friends the secret to wealth is really very simple live on less than you make invest the rest do so for a very long time make it a great one